Just so you know, this episode deals with sex and related topics. So I'm on the ball on my toes, and my weight is in between both the ropes and distributed evenly over the bar as well. Then I slide my hands up. Then I pull to stand, and I stand on my toes. Marlo Winter is high above her students. Her powerful frame is perched lightly on the high trapeze at Sparrow Studios in downtown Olympia. This is the intro to aerial class, one of several that Marlo teaches. She's comfortable in front of groups like this. Groups of all sizes, really. She's also a performer, a producer, a bartender, a nanny, a financial coordinator. Marlo tells me she's someone that likes to push her limits. She looks for chances to be brave. I can straighten my arms all the way up. Take my legs off. She lived up to this in May, when she got up in front of a standing room-only crowd and told a secret she'd been holding from most people for over 14 years. Marlo got the idea from a recent workshop. I had taken a storytelling workshop with Elizabeth Lord, who is an incredible, incredible storyteller in Olympia. And she had mentioned in the workshop that the best stories have are the ones with the, um, the highest stakes. So the ones that make you the most nervous to tell or the ones that you hold on to, or I, I thought also like, or the secrets that we hold. This story for me was definitely, it came to the front of my mind immediately because it makes me very afraid to tell. She planned to tell her secret at Story Oli. It's a monthly storytelling event at Rhythm and Rye, founded by Amy Shepard and Elizabeth Lord. True stories told live on stage. No notes. Each month, there's a new theme. Themes like urgent, making ends meet, or lost. The theme for May was one word, a word that's haunted Marlo for much of her adult life. Dirty. That's, that's the one. That's the story that I need to tell at that particular story, Oli. Here's how story Oli works. People that hope to tell a story on a given night put their name in a hat. Tellers don't know when or even if their name will be called. There's only time for so many people. Even for someone telling a lighthearted story, the uncertainty can cause jitters. But Marlo is about to go way out on a limb. Host Elizabeth Lord starts each story only by explaining the rules. Storytellers, we ask that you tell a story that's eight minutes or less in length. At six minute mark, I'm going to ring a bell. And that way you know you got about two minutes to wrap that story up. Judges will be judging you on a scale of one to ten. 10 being the most life-changing story you have ever heard. You're going to quit your job and start a new profession because of what they said on stage. Maybe. One being, it wasn't a story. It, it just wasn't. It was an advertisement for a new shoe store. You know. Marlo's in her 30s now. But the story she's about to tell began in her teens. A time when she had complicated feelings about her sexuality. When I started to become sexually active as a young person, there was a lot of guilt involved and, and fear around it and discomfort, and so it only happened when I was experimenting with alcohol. One night, 18 years old, Marla was drunk with the guy she knew through friends, in no shape to make decisions about sex. But they ended up sleeping together. I woke up the next day feeling how I usually felt after I would like get intoxicated, then have sexual acts happen, and then just feel this overwhelming, overwhelming sense of you know, 
disgust with myself, basically. I don't have a better way to describe it. And then a few days after that, I had a sensation on my vulva. And I got to the doctor very fast, and she took one look at me and said that I had herpes. And, um, yeah, I was 18 and absolutely devastated. HSV2, or herpes simplex virus 2, is a sexually transmitted infection, or STI. It's what most people think of as herpes. It's the most common genital type. HSV1 is oral herpes, what most people simply call cold sores. Aside from the location of the sores, the two versions are basically the same infection. In fact, genital herpes can be contracted through oral sex with someone that has a cold sore. Many people that have herpes don't have outbreaks and may not even know that they carry the infection. But both genital and oral herpes can show up as open sores. This is when the virus is most contagious. These outbreaks come and go, clearing up on their own. The symptoms tend to lessen and become less frequent over time. Herpes isn't curable, but outbreaks can be suppressed through medication, which is what Marla was doing. That's how her mom found out. She came across her suppressants. I'm in the bathroom, and she comes into the bathroom, and she has the bottle, and just I think she just said, like, do you have herpes? And I'm pretty sure I ran away from her and just ran into my room and hid. Marlo had been taught about safe sex for years. She felt like she had let her mom down. Her mom... A physician's assistant wasn't angry. She tried to console Marlo. She said to me, I just want you to know you're not dirty, which is actually to me felt really loaded, kind of in the sense of the world's going to make you feel this way. And that's pretty much what happened. I just was overwhelmed with the shame around it. I couldn't combat it. I just felt like it was a secret and that anybody who knew about it, would judge me in some way. The main difference between genital herpes and oral herpes is the social stigma that's attached to genital herpes. It's pretty hard to hide a cold sore, and most adults carry HSV-1, the cold sore version of herpes. It's not as hard to hide genital herpes, and so people do. And there tends to be more shame around how genital herpes is contracted. So despite the fact that it's incredibly common... One in four to one in five adults in the U.S. have genital herpes. For those who know they're infected, there's little incentive to share their status with those that don't absolutely need to know. This was Marla's reality. You only tell the people that you have to tell. And then you tell the people that you have to tell, don't tell anybody else. Like, it's not my, it's, it's, you're just trying to protect it. At least I was. Don't, you know, just don't tell. Nobody, nobody can know about this thing. This is the thing that I don't want anybody to know about. Marlo was about to thoroughly break this rule. Her nervousness built as Elizabeth continued with the rules. Um, You're not allowed to have notes like I do right now. These are oral storytellings, so no notes. Also, no props, Um, no puppets, no rants, no rants and raves, no, no hate speech, no vision quests. Dating was rough for Marlo in the first half of her 20s. Shame, secrecy, guilt, they followed her everywhere. It was, a, it was bad. It was hard for me to talk about with people. I was always so afraid to talk about it with people, afraid of rejection around it. I, I think I had one partner that I didn't tell for a while, and that was ho- just horrible, just living with 
not only having that feeling of shame around having the STI, but also being feeling cowardly and not telling some someone something that they needed to know, someone that I cared about. And it just felt like shit. It was hor- It was horrible. Not helping things, Marlo says, was how hard it was to find information for someone in her shoes. So much of the literature is about how to prevent yourself from getting this thing. And then very little of it feels like it's about how to enjoy sex with it or eradicate the shame around it or talk to people in your community about it or ways to feel okay about it. The sense of isolation was maddening for Marlo. The doctors tell you when you get, the doctor told me when you get it, don't worry, one in four people have this. But I'm like, where are these people? You feel so alone. You're like, I just want to know who's out there because I know you're out there, but how do I access you? But how do I access you without exposing myself? That was the problem. I was like, I want to know who's out there, but I don't want people to know that I'm one of them until they tell me. Eventually, Marlo learned how to see things in a new way. My best friend, Emily, she's been, you know, hearing me struggle through this for a long time. We've been friends since I was 19. And she's wise, and I don't know what changed that day or why she thought of this, but she said to me, you have to be the truth you want to see in the world. So if you want to not live in this place where you feel so shameful about this, then you have to not be ashamed of it. And that's kind of when things started to change of being, okay, so what does it look like to not be ashamed of this? And the answer that I fell upon was, you tell people, you don't care if people know, because you don't have anything to be ashamed of. like having herpes is not a problem it's the shame that you deal with around it that's the problem it's the secrets it's the lack of conversations that you have about it it's the social behavior around it that is horrible with emily's encouragement marlo decided to break down these walls of shame it's taken years at first it meant telling her closest friends eventually her wider circle And finally, a packed house of strangers, on stage, under the bright lights, at Storioli. All right. I think those are all the rules. You ready to hear some stories? Afterwards, something happened that Marla wasn't expecting. You remember earlier how I mentioned that I felt really alone? It was like everybody in everybody in that room that has herpes just came up to me was like, hey, thank you. You know, and it was like because I exposed myself and I turned that little light on that said I have herpes. Everybody was like, yep, over here. Elizabeth was right. (laughs) The higher the stakes, the better the story. Telling Storioli was a huge It really, really uh, released a lot of the negativity around it. Marlo says that since that initial conversation with her mom, the two hadn't really talked that much about this. But telling her story publicly changed that too. I'll tell you, right after Storioli, I called her the next day. I was like, Mom, guess what I did? (laughs) 
And she, she was very proud. She said, Merlo, this is really, really wonderful. This might be the chance for you to reach even further with this and talk to more people. Marlo is keenly aware that on the spectrum of possible STIs, herpes could be classified as merely an annoying condition. Yeah, HIV can kill you. HPV causes cervical cancer. She's on a mission to normalize talking about all STIs. You don't ever see these conversations. That's part of why I really care about doing this is because I think the thing that's really missing is this availability for the conversation about how do we talk about STIs before we have sex? How do we make that conversation sexy? Part of this process is changing the language around STIs. At the end of her story on the theme dirty, Marlo had this advice. Remember when you're discussing STI statuses with someone and you call yourself clean, what does that say about me? Thank you, Marlo, for being brave. Thanks to Amy Shepard and Elizabeth Lord. Story Oli is the third Tuesday of each month at Rhythm and Rye. Do yourself a favor and check it out. It's my favorite night out in Olympia. The show starts at 7, but you'll need to show up early if you want a decent seat. At welcometoolympia.com, you'll find a link for more information. That's also where you'll find a link to Marlo's website. Jemmy Joe and Guire at Olympia Pop Rocks had me on their show a while back to talk about this show. It was fun. I'll post a link to that as well. If you like this show and want it to succeed, maybe you want it to come out more frequently, please tell a friend about it. Also, your ratings and reviews on iTunes help other people find it. Music today by Blue Dot Sessions. Ending theme music by Olympia's own Skrill Meadow. That Washington State ferry that's been tied up at the seaport for the last 18 months? It's the MV Evergreen State. Or it was. It was bought by a private party in Florida. Someday, presumably, it'll be sailed through Panama to Pensacola, where it will serve out its days as a floating event space. We'll see. I'm Rob Smith. Thanks for listening.